podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to our Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and it's the Halftime Bulletin with Kevin McCluskey, mm-hmm. a Celtic lead Kilmarnock by a goal to nil. Uh, Kevin, decent first half performance. I think Kilmarnock have played exactly how we would have expected. Um, and until the goal, you're looking at that scenario whereby, you know, 10, 11 men behind the ball, you're thinking it's going to be particularly difficult to break it down. But Celtic were patient. We kept going. But every single time Celtic played a ball in, you could see that instantly Kilmarnock were pressing us. They were closing us down. And eventually, you know, if you get that goal, eventually they're going to tire, Kev, because that must be tough for 90 minutes playing like that. Yeah, it must be. And let's hope we can make them play like that in the second 45 as well, because just to reference back to the game at Rugby Park, I think the first half performance in that game, we were pretty much on top and, and playing similar to how we were or how we are today. And then we fell off a cliff in the second half and allowed it to come back in. So if we can keep doing what we're doing in the second 45 minutes, I think we can make it a very difficult and long afternoon for Kilmarnock. But yeah, in general, I thought that was a pretty good first half. Um, we weren't scintillating and overly exciting at times with a lot of the football that we played, but the word that you used that's one I've wrote down a few times in my notes was patience. Yeah. It's all about patience. And we showed that today. That was, I think it's my, my last note before the goal, actually, is we're going to have to show a lot of patience today, perhaps. And then we get the goal. And I think that it does change things because we're no longer chasing for the goal. We're no longer chasing the game to get in front. We're there. We've gone, what, 15 minutes since that goal and kept to the same style that we've been playing for the, the, the previous Half an hour before, we've looked comfortable and in control. I'd like to see more shots. I'd like to see more crosses. You know, always want to see more attacking play. But we're one nothing up at half time. If we finish the game one nil up and we get the three points, I'd be happy enough with that. Obviously, I want to see more because I'm greedy. But it's been a good half and and one where you're actually uh, we can sit here and be quite confident about it for a change. We don't have big moans about a first-half performance, which is a, a, a nice place to be. It is. It is, Kev. And, you know, I'm always of the view that you obviously give that same credit when we're playing well, and I think that has been a very good first half. Um, we have also seen this season two completely different Celtics in the same game, and I hope that, you know, we, we come back out and just settle back into that, that rhythm that we had in the first half. We're, we're looking at the Kilmarnock backline and thinking... It's a moment of magic you need. Um, and I'm going to bring up, before I get to Kyogo, I'm going to bring up Tony Ralston because we all know how fond I am of Anthony Ralston. You and I were speaking about him before the game, of course, Kev. 100th appearance here at Celtic um, for someone who is now playing in the ninth season. Imagine he got a testimonial next year, right? And he's played like 120 games. <laughs> It'll be the least amount of appearances for anyone with a testimony. It's not going to happen, of course. But um, I think Tony Ralston, uh, we speak about moments. And before the game, we spoke about that Easter Road moment where he's got no right to win the ball. It's a 70-30 in, in favour of the Hibs player. He wins it. We win a penalty. 
after that game, Kev, we were talking about turning points and people were saying, turning points, that was rotten. We scraped the win, etc., etc. I get all that. But just sometimes, you know, in adversity, when you're not that good and you get a result anyway, it can change things. And I think since then, we have seen a, a difference. We've seen a, a spring in our step. We're playing with a different shape. And again, when we really needed it, Ralston delivered. Brilliant ball for Kyogo. Yeah, it's a great ball. Um, and on the thing of moments, when you talk about these pivotal moments that change games and seasons, there's, I don't know, it's like uh, the way the human mind works, I think you look for something beautiful all the time. So you're looking at it being oh, it was a rocket from 30 yards into the top corner and that was the moment that spurred us on. It very rarely is. It's a crunching tackle in a game that changes that match. It's a 97th minute goal away from home that wins you a game, that gives you confidence that you can go on and do something. It's getting your first away win under a new manager after three defeats in a row away from home. It's those are the moments. And it's uh, Ralston somehow seems to be someone that's uh, a creator of those moments. Not beautiful moments, but really, really important ones. Um, and you need them. Same as you need Joe Hart to make that save in 37 minutes from Absolutely. Liam Donnelly. That, that'll get forgotten about. If we win this game 2 or 3 nothing, that save's forgotten. But as uh, I, VNV mode has just put in there, yeah, that's, a, that's a, a massive save. Just like he's won at St Johnston in the 90th minute. Could make the game 2-2. Two, two. Instead, he saves, we go down the park and win 3-1. Those are the moments that, um, you know, win your seasons. Um, and that cross again today was it was a actually it was a beautiful moment because it's a perfectly weighted cross. He's picked out Kyogo who makes a great move. It's great movement from him and a brilliant header back across the goal. Um, so really good goal all round and yeah, yeah, uh, hopefully big moment in the season for us. Yeah, you do you do tend to forget sometimes moments like that when you're looking at the um, the season under Vim Janssen, there was a big save by Johnny Gould in the St Johnston game. You do. You tend to forget it. You think about the goals yeah. and all the sexy stuff. That's just uh, the nature of the game. What about Kyogo's finish, though? Brilliant. Right across right across the goalkeeper, right? who, by the way, has had a decent enough game. Uh, I think it's been mentioned once or twice. He's on loan from Bournemouth. But he headed the ball across yeah. the goalie um, into the back post. Brilliant finish. And Kyogo has been given a new lease of life. I don't care what anybody says, Kev. Um, you know, in the last couple of games, he's looked like the Kyogo of old, isn't he? He has. And you know how I usually come out with a Kyogo watch and how many touches of the ball he's had? 22 touches he's had in that first half. There's been games, full games, throughout the start of, at the beginning of the season when he's not touched the ball 22 times. Mm-hmm. So he is enjoying this. It looks like he's enjoying it anyway, having this wee bit extra freedom and new lease of life. Best start from him in that first half, though. One touch of the ball in the Kilmarnock box, and it's a goal. That's Kyogo. That's what he brings to you. He doesn't need many chances. He's a he's a lethal finisher. And it's it's a fantastic header. John Hartson mentions it during the, the commentary there, but it's like he's, he's leaning back a little bit to head it, and he's got to get that power, generate the power, and get it back across the goal. So we got like Messi's goal in against Man United in the Champions League final a few years back. He's a wee guy making a big leap and he's got to use all the neck muscles that he's got to get it back across. It's a really, really good header, you know. So uh, great to see him being
being more involved and back amongst the goals. Yeah, and already I don't know what, what's been your best comparison this season, if it was Haksabanovic for Berbatov or Kyoko Messi. I'll let those in the comments <laughs> section decide. Kevin yeah. McCluskey, the man of comparisons. Um, Greg Taylor came back into the side and I think it was mentioned you know, during the, the opening moments of the game that sometimes you realise just how important a player is, and I know it's cliched when he's not on the team, Greg Taylor is playing that classic inverted role. You can see him in the midfield. I think Brennan Rodgers knows that if you're going to bring in a player uh, to make it two up top, which has been affected, by the way, Kyogo and Ida, we'll get to Ida in a moment, you're going to have to ask your fullbacks to become inverted again. And I think that's something that he wasn't, I don't know why, but he wasn't keen to do it throughout the season. Greg Taylor was suffering from it. He much prefers coming inside. I've been pretty critical at times. I, I remember the last, um, the, the cup game against Kilmarnock, where when, when Armstrong breaks, Greg Taylor's nowhere. He's playing too inverted. He's up playing in a number 10 position, Kev. But he's doing it very, very effectively today. He never lost the ball once, I don't think. Um, and he's linking play brilliantly. He, he's trying to get the ball out to Palmer. And I think we'll come to Palmer as well. There's a lot of unhappy fans commenting in the uh, the chat section about Palmer. But in terms of coming back, Taylor's been brilliant in that first half. Back to his best. Yeah, it is a cliche that... Um... You only realise how good certain players are when they're not in the team. And we probably have seen it with Greg Taylor in the last few games when Burnaby's come in. He's he's a player who gives his all, Burnaby, but there's not very much that he can give. You know, he doesn't have his all, isn't very much. Taylor is a good player and he is more suited to that inverted role. It's great to see him coming back in and doing it. There was a few things, though, that I noticed in the half, which were for the Ange Claxon very... And Postacoglu esque that we had Joe Hart at some points played almost you know, 35 yards out from goal, which we haven't seen this season, but was big the last two years. We've got the two centre backs pushing up really high as well. Yeah. And we've got the full backs inverting. Uh, and they're all traits of Angie's team. I don't know, well, I say I don't know why. I've got a very good guess as to why we didn't play like that before, and it's because Rogers wanted to bring in his own style, his own system. He never really played inverted fullbacks before, so he's going with what he, he knows, what he believes in. But when you look at the players we've got, if you want to play to the strengths, Greg Taylor's strength is as an inverted fullback. That's where he's playing his best football. And when he's back in today, he is making a difference. He's the extra man in midfield that we need that's allowing other players to get a wee bit more freedom. Uh, and it's helping the two up top. There's a few players I want to talk about. We've gone through um, some of the defenders, goalkeeper, right back, left back. Um, I think Scales carries the ball really, really well, uh, whereas Welsh tends to hang back CCV style. I think that they've, they've kind of made that decision. And uh, there's a couple of times where, where Scales has found some really good space, a good ball carrier at times. And um, I think, you know, on the one hand, you've got Ida, who I think's played really well in the first half. We, we spoke about him holding the ball up really well, using his his strength to do that. There was a, a few occasions where he's found himself probably in the box with a good opportunity. The header should should do better with the header. And then the opportunity where he somehow manages to turn twice in the box, but um, it all kind of fizzled out. These things, will, they'll come. They'll happen, Kev. You know, on another day, once, I don't know if he gets used to his teammates, if the crossing is slightly better, although the header was a decent enough cross and ball in from Palmer. Um, I think he's going to be really, uh, for me, a, a really decent acquisition. But 
you know, th- there is the point in the comment section here that fair play, he's coming in, he's doing well, but we don't have an, an option on the player. Um, you know, here we go. It's uh, all Haytham fan. I think Ida looks promising, but how does that benefit us now if we've only got him for six months with no option to buy? You know what? Just because there's no option to buy doesn't mean to say we're not going to buy him. You know, Norwich City have got a player in Sydney Van Hooydonk there who nobody knows if they're going to keep him. So anything can happen. It could hinge on the success of Sydney Van Hooydonk at Norwich. They decide we're going to buy him. All right, all of a sudden, Ida's available and Celtic have had him for six months and Ida might want to come up. It's his home debut. His family are all over watching the game. He's already uh, professed his undying love for Celtic and his his family love the club and all that kind of stuff. I know it all comes down to money uh, a lot of the time, but if he does well, listen, just because we don't have the option to buy, doesn't mean to say we're not going to buy him, Kev. Having the option to buy gives you that bit more security that you reckon, you know, if he does well, there's a fee agreed and we can bring him in. Means nothing. <laughs> you say we can agree a fee with the with the selling club. If we can't agree wages with the player, doesn't matter. We'll not sign him. So this is just a case of we're seeing now that he has made an impressive start. I think today's looked pretty good. Uh, a few times his, his decision making's not quite been there in terms of when to hold it up and when to try the reflect, but that comes that comes with just playing with Kyogo a bit more Absolutely. and learning his game and, and it will come but you can see that there's signs there that there's a good partnership building up and he's clearly a fairly talented player so yeah if he comes up and does a good six months what they were saying before Norwich were looking at three million for him maybe it goes to four or five but we've got the money we can pay it it doesn't really matter what the fee is you know where he's not going to I don't think he's going to become a player that goes out of our price range between now and the end of the season. So, I'm not overly concerned that way. I just want to see him have a good six months with us. If he, if he wins the league for us and then leaves and never comes back, he'll leave as a league winner uh, and I'll be happy enough that he's won the league. Different side of the park, but it'll be like Ram and Vega. Uh, Brendan has unlocked Kyogo, <laughs> just needs to unlock those wingers. Last point, probably before we go back to the action, it is Palmer. There's a lot of comments coming in. Palmer makes my blood boil at times. His decision-making is awful, says Mount Kadath. I think he's a frustrating player. In the first 10 minutes, I don't think he found a pass. I really don't. I mean, he, his possession was really indisciplined. This is what I keep coming back to, Kev. It's a discipline to keep possession. It really is. You know, you've got to be on it. It's all about concentration, accuracy, and he just wasn't on it. He, he's got a couple of decent balls in. We know what he can do. He's averaging a goal contribution every 93 minutes in a Celtic jersey going into this game. You know, that that's up there with Kyogo levels at the beginning of the season, Kev, for goals and assists, yeah. albeit a lot of them are assists with, on, on Palmer, um, less so with, with, with Kyogo. But he's a frustrating player, isn't he, Palmer? He could come out in that second half and score an absolute peachy goal. It would not surprise me. But today in that first half, it comes down to discipline for me. You've got to keep possession. Listen, I've given Greg Taylor a hard time for being a moan. He's always moaning at somebody. But sometimes I think Palmer needs that. He needs reminded. It's not good enough. Yeah, at times you do need somebody like that. And Taylor's the player that I was thinking about when you were going through that. And he's very rarely given the ball away in this first half because he's been disciplined in what he's done and he's concentrating on it all. There was a few times when simple passes were going to Palmer and he let it go under his boot and it went out for a throw-in. Yeah. That's that's unacceptable, really, at this level for a professional footballer. You know, 
the first thing is you watch the ball, you control it, you move on. He is such a frustrating player because he's got his 18 goal contributions. It's a goal or an assist every 93 minutes. That's an incredible record. But if you watch his play, he's the most inconsistent player in that team. And he could have that first half where everything goes wrong. In the second half, he'll cut inside and put one in the top corner. And that's all we talk about. But he is he is such an inconsistent player. If we could sort that out, one, he probably wouldn't be with us. But two, we would have a great player to enjoy. He's an enigma. That's what he is, an enigma. An enigma wrapped up in a conundrum. Yes, and let's hope that he does do exactly what you suggested and puts one right into the uh, right into the top corner in the second half. Let's go back to the action. Celtic won't come on it now. Yeah, it could come down to goal difference at the end of this season. So hopefully we've got another few in the second half. Join us at full time. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And uh, join Kevin McCluskey and I at full time on a Celtic state of mind. Podcast Network.